Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Live to tape. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And, and I'm Matt. <laughs> <laughs> missed you all last week. We missed you too. Yeah. Mainly because um, it's so much harder to do this when you don't know how to do this. Well, what can I say? I'm a professional. Um, my brother was visiting last week. I was actually at the Grand Canyon over the weekend. And Elisa, I was thinking of you. Was it the beautiful vista before you and <laughs> the image of our of our wedding? Yes, yeah. No, it was it was it was I was looking at the large canyon and I thought this reminds me of Elisa's <laughs> oh, nether regions. No, <laughs> no actually Listen, that's I, fair. I thought up that joke yesterday. I was chuckling for a while to myself. No uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of you because I went into a cafe there at the Grand Canyon. It's a national park. And um, and they had signs everywhere because they are not selling bottled water. So in order to consume water at the Grand Canyon, Ca- Grand Canyon, you have to buy a water bottle, you know, one of those like al- algae water bottles, I think they're called, mm-hmm. and fill it up yourself at all the re- refill stations around the canyon. And I was wondering why that was. And it turns out that um, in February 2012, they decided to pull back all their bottled water because it makes it made up 20% of their overall waste stream. Yeah. And I was thinking about you and Nestle. and But being in that cafe, even for a few minutes, people were pissed that they weren't selling bottled water. Oh, fucking get over yourselves. <laughs> they were like, they sell soda, but they don't sell water. You know what we need to do? You know what all they have to do? Just Photoshop a picture of the Grand Canyon filled to the brim with plastic. And then they'll <laughs> shut their fucking traps. Did you guys right. know that some companies actually sell boxed water that you can buy? Because oh, apparently yeah. the boxing is much easier to recycle. Fucking is, hippies. Is that why they do that? Because actually here in L.A. at Target, they have boxed water. And it just says on the side, boxed water is better. That's what it's called. Yeah, that's all it says. I think that's the only real uh, well-known boxed water company. It's just this cardboard box that just says water is better. Yeah. It's good for an Instagram, though. <laughs> anyway, so um, Grand Canyon's really great. If, if anybody has the opportunity to check it out, you really should. It's, it's just gorgeous. <clears throat> or just come visit my nether regions. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's just visit Elisa. It's a cheaper flight. And uh, farther than you got to bring a bottle of water because it's very dry. <laughs> it's very dry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We knew it was coming. It was like it was like train wreck. Like it, there was nothing I could do to stop it. God, so I Elisa decided to laugh. Hates me so much. Hello, hello. <laughs> so we have a couple of announcements, and then we'll get into some news. Yeah. Um, First of all, we're going to be recording our movie commentary this weekend. As oh, we announced, God. we will be doing The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, 
look for it before next week's episode. And then you can play it and, and wa- watch the movie with us. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a disaster. I am a little scared <laughs> about the, the length of time it's going to take to do this. Do this. like Probably the same amount of time the film lasts. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we but... Can, Andrew, we can take a fat break in the middle. A fat break? A fat yeah. break? I'm going to beat off the, 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 to, to Frodo. <laughs> sure. Yeah, okay. why not? I like around the Mines of Moria scene. That's around the halfway point, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Sure. I don't know. Boromir's like... got it going on. <laughs> so what's going on with the book club, Laura? Yeah, so I wanted to give a Millennial Book Club plug. Um, we just finished reading Ready Player One for the month of March, and Matt actually helped me out and participated in our Google Hangout. I did. Um, you can actually watch that by going to our Goodreads page. We'll give you a link to that in the show notes. This month, we're going to be reading American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Really, really excited about this. Everybody that I've talked to about this book can't really quite explain to me what it's about, but it's apparently really phenomenal. <laughs> um, and I'm really, really excited to read that. So if you want to join us, we're like 370 something members strong. So please sign up, join in the discussion and share the love of reading with us. Mm. And Laura, while we have you, what is going on with the t-shirts? So yes, t-shirt, we are still planning to ship some t-shirts out in mid to late April. But what we're going to do is once the shirts are shipped out, we're going to post something on our social media so that you know to expect your shirt. Um, They are looking really, really great. (laughs) And we're just super excited to get them out. We just wanted to let you guys know that they are coming. Awesome. They are coming. They are coming. (laughs) (laughs) So today we have a uh, hidden from the headlines. We have a we have a really interesting confessional. I've been reflecting on it since reading it. Um, and then we have some oh. news. Lots of sex today. Got to be honest. Lots of sex. So, oh yeah. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna start without sex first because this is actually a really serious story, guys. Okay. Um. Uh, so all right, I'll stop. We're we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna yeah. Please don't jack off during this. That would just be wrong. <laughs> We're going to start with Hidden from the Headlines this week, and we're going to go international and look at a conflict along the border of Armenia and Azerbaijan, specifically at the Nagorno-Karabakh region, which has been under Armenian control since the war between Azerbaijan and Armenia ended in 1994. Even though the war is long over, control of this region has been an ongoing issue between the two countries, and last week fighting broke out in the region after Azerbaijan accused Armenian forces of downing one of their helicopters. So far, nearly three dozen soldiers have been killed in the fighting, which Armenia claims was 100% unprovoked and began when Azerbaijani forces attacked Karabakh villages and artillery units. To insert a little comedy into this, Vladimir Putin has asked both countries to exercise restraint. (laughs) So all this started as the Soviet Union crumbled. Once Azerbaijan established itself, Ethnic Armenians in the Nagorno-Karabakh region made their intentions to secede from Azerbaijan and join Armenia known. And even though the subsequent war has long since ended, conflicts still tend to crop up specifically in this region. To provide some additional context, there has been a significant amount of inter-ethnic violence between Azerbaijan and Armenia, most of which stems from conflicts emerging both before and during the rise of the Soviet Union. So as per usual, we try to discuss these stories here on the show because they get little to no coverage in the mainstream media. 
It's really staggering how long-lasting the effects of the Soviet Union are, right, Elisa? Yeah, um, I'm not. Sadly, I'm not surprised by by this at all, though. I mean, this 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 area has been in conflict for a really long time, and frankly, I do kind of blame Russia for a lot of it because even violence aside, they've been meddling in in politics. Uh, in Armenia and Azerbaijan for a long time. And I kind of think that they foment this because it does nothing but help them. Because where there's a power vacuum, someone has to fill it. And that's what Russia likes to do best. So. Wow, what a dick. (laughs) I also also have to say, and I I hate to take this angle because I am so like up to my ears fucking done with this election, but... I do have to point out that if this this conflict has so much um here's everyone's favorite word take a drink so much nuance that <laughs> I really think that we should be terrified at the prospect of a president in office who who doesn't understand that and can't grapple with new with international nuance so just consider that as you move forward folks. or is very blasé about it who kind of just throws it across kind of just flicks it with his hand in so many words in the air it's like eh, i don't care well obama yeah. made some headlines this week when he called out trump for having no understanding of the world which i thought was pretty good that was a yeah i badass. mean i i want to echo what elisa is saying here because there is really a lot of nuance to this story obviously we're you know we've got time constraints so we can't dive to the depth of this but there, there is so much tension between various ethnic groups in Armenia and Azerbaijan, um, predating the Soviet era. So this is a really deep, deep seated issue with these communities. And it's something that you have to, like, if you don't understand it personally, you still have to be able to approach it and understand just how deep something like that can run in a culture. It's not something that you can look at and say, oh, we're just going to bomb the shit out of them. That'll fix it. No. So just don't. No. Okay. okay. Think okay. about this when you vote. Okay. Got it. Hashtag world peace. <laughs> so let's move on to the confessional now. This sure. is from Anonymous. But while I read this, keep in mind this person is female. She writes, Hey guys, I'm 21 and I've only ever slept with two men. I was in a six-year relationship with one of them and the other was a one-night stand when I was 17. I just got out of the six-year relationship a few months ago and I've decided I'm not looking for anything serious and just want to have a good time at this point in my life. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Recently, I've been partying with my coworker and went on one date with him about a month ago. Last week, we were having a kickback at his place and ended up making out. I wanted to go further, but he told me he was a virgin. He's 24, by the way. And I didn't want to take that special moment from him while he was really drunk, so we stopped. My dilemma is that I feel honored he wants me to take his V-card, but I don't want him to regret it. Shouldn't he save it for someone special? I straight up told him that I'm down for a fuck buddy deal, but I'm not looking for a boyfriend. He said he didn't care and just wanted to get it over with already. (laughs) But what if he's just saying that? I'm really torn because I don't want to hurt his feelings. He has pretty low self-esteem already, and if I tell him he should save it for someone special, it might make him feel worse, right? But if I sleep with him, he might regret it later. And what if he gets super clingy? Last night after we made out, he was being clingy and kept trying to be near me and hold my hand. 
what's going to happen if we have sex? What if he wants to cuddle and I just want to go home? <laughs> He's a very sweet guy and I don't want to hurt him. Mm, wow. You know, I would say the only person in this situation that you can control is yourself. And you can't control what he's going to do if you do have sex with him or if you don't have sex with him. But I will observe that it sounds like you're uncomfortable with it because of the prospect of him getting clingy. So if you're not comfortable with going through with it because of what he's going to do, then you should listen to your gut on that one, honestly. Oh, man. Preach! (laughs) (laughs) I completely agree. I think that I completely agree. I mean, Laura just stole the words from my mouth. I would also say two other quick things. Number one, good on you for not going through with it while he was drunk. Um, That was legit and very honorable. Number two, um, first of all, as someone, I also did not lose my virginity until I was 24. I was, I was on the, the older end of that spectrum and I don't regret waiting necessarily, but I can tell you, you definitely just want to fucking get it over with. I would take it, <laughs> I would take it at face value, but he, keep in mind that yes, Laura is 100% right. You should do what you think is best for yourself. If you want to do it, um, that's great. And if not, then listen to your gut. But he is an adult. You don't have to be worrying so much about him or his feelings in in this context because you've been very upfront about it. If he's telling you he just wants to get it over with, I think that, you know, it's okay to to take an adult at their word. And if he has trouble with reconciling that after the fact, that's not on you. You were upfront. So long as you're honest upfront, then that's all you can do. Yeah, I agree. I th- I think the whole vir- the V card thing is very subjective to each individual person. I think I agree with everyone else here when I just really wanted to get it over with. And I just really wanted to have sex at the time. So it just so happened it would be my first time. I, I think there's a good point here about definitely not doing it while you or him are drinking. Um, but I also wonder... And I wanted to ask you guys if it matter if your first time, if the person you have sex with for your first time matters. Because we do hear this a lot. Yeah. Like, I'm really, yeah. You want to make sure it's the right person. Uh, me personally, I, I don't care looking back who, who was my first. And like, I didn't really care at the time either. It just, I don't think I knew the guy's name. <laughs> okay i'm 100 percent being real with you guys we know well, that well it wasn't we your first time having sex so i wouldn't expect it that. was my first time no my first time oh, oh I, I thought did, you were no. referring to my no <laughs> okay never mind that. <laughs> i think that as a culture we place far too much importance on virginity Mm-hmm. And I say this as somebody who I think I was very greatly affected by the person that I lost my virginity to mm. just because like you're young and you're very, you know, you're very emotional. I think like that point in your life, you're so much more amped, I think, than you are. Um, and you're like ready to cry or get angry at somebody over the smallest little indiscretions. So I really wish that 
that society didn't prime all of us to treat our virginities like some special little flower gift bullshit. Especially women. That's how we get treated. Mm-hmm. We get treated. We get treated like when you lose your virginity, you are forever broken. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. So. You're not here. I come. I totally agree with that as well. And I, I was going to say this is that you're not losing anything. The I, well, I don't like that. A little phrase. bit of blood. I <laughs> maybe not. Some people. Some women don't bleed, and it's very. It's very variable. But you're not losing anything. And I really hate the idea that we that we as a culture think of it that way. I think you're gaining something, and that something is an orgasm, and you should go for it. <laughs> and assuming you're comfortable and consenting, just fucking do it every time. Assuming you're comfortable and consenting, it is always a yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, anonymous. It sounds like you made the right decision holding off. Uh, I could talk about that forever. I could too. This is an interesting topic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pictures are happening. I love it. I love talking about sex. How about how about being clingy though? Have you guys ever had someone who was really clingy, like after you had sex, virgin or not? Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I've only ever I've only ever slept with three men in my life, and so I and two of them were relationships. So. Uh, I kind of was okay with the clingy. The first person I had sex with, I, I wasn't their first. They were my first. And he was clingy. I don't, I guess it was clingy. I don't know. He was clingy after it happened. He, he, so he lived up in, um, uh, like Massachusetts or something. He was a smart guy. He was going to some good school and Notre uh, he, Dame. Was, he was going to Yale. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Notre Dame. It was, it was Emerson. No, I love how was, I he know. He was going it. to Yale and, um, uh, you know, I thought he was, a smart, but then he started getting clean and like, he was like, oh, you know, maybe you can come up and visit me sometimes and stuff like that. And he kept calling me buddy. And I was like, oh, oh my God, I, I want to hate I wanna it when move they on from this. Andrew, why do you have to talk about me like that? <laughs> yeah, buddy. But it's like, don't make, pl- I don't know. It just came off as creepy, like making these plans and stuff, even though we lived far apart and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I just yeah, I think I, I think saying those kind of things after you have sex without really any other form of relationship is right. Right, it's, it's kind of in bad there. taste. Yeah. yeah, it was really strange. I mean, we were so so unattached that we called each other buddy. <laughs> oh, that's just so cringy. <laughs> I, I, it, this conjures an image of like someone being bent over, but then like turning around and just like high five, bro. Right here. <laughs> right. Yeah, mask for mask. My Mike, my boyfriend, called me buddy a few weeks ago. I stopped what I was doing and turned to him, and I was like, what the fuck? Don't ever call me buddy again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he cried. Oh, <laughs> no, no. I don't think you are. I think you were just gauging our reaction. <laughs> oh, no, he, he totally, he totally didn't. It was totally a joke. Wink. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to some news. All right. So to begin the news this week, uh, John Cox, a wealthy Republican, wants to require unprecedented transparency in California by forcing state politicians to plaster their suits and dresses with logos of their top 10 donors. And voters fed up with these politicians may actually get the chance to vote on the idea in November. The unusual dress code is offered in a proposed ballot initiative that backers say likely will be cleared for signature collection within the next week or two. Then approximately 350 plus thousand valid 
signatures will have to be submitted for the spot on the ballot. Cox is seeking the endorsements of both Trump and Bernie Sanders, both of whom have rallied passionate supporters in part by denouncing their rivals as indentured servants to corporations and other wealthy donors. He says Sanders and Trump are doing a decent job calling attention to the problem, but I'm sick and tired of people calling attention to the problem and doing nothing about it. Now, this would actually raise some fascinating issues. Uh, politicians could challenge the law as applied in how the determination is made of the top donors when most money may come from individuals. For example, lobbyists, they often donate as individuals rather than representatives of their companies or clients. So there could also be some challenges over the vagueness of terminology and standard as well as due process elements in the enforcement of the law. And Cox, despite his wealth, is not personally interested in becoming a politician. He says, I'm not Donald Trump and I haven't bought politicians. I don't believe in crony capitalism. So I kind of like this guy. I, I like Cox. <laughs> <laughs> I like him too. I mean, I, I, I think in general, this is, it's indicative of a, an important issue. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I like the idea of politicians kind of wearing, um, um, like race, Ooh. Yeah, like like the same kind of uniforms that like race car drivers wear, where it's exactly. like their fake, their fucking logo, like Coca Cola, but really more like you know Exxon Mobil, and I, I I like that. Here's the problem though, is in seriousness, is that most money in politics is is not is not clear and is is dark money. It's going through super PACs, and so you would never have any idea about that. This wouldn't solve that because. Super PACs are technically not involved with the campaign at all. They're technically not allowed to be involved with the politician. Mm -hmm. They just do their own thing. And anybody can donate inordinate amounts to the super PAC. But, and so, but the super PAC obviously is still in favor of the candidate. So that's where most of the money in politics is. And right. so I'm not, you know. Yeah. See, when I read this story, I, what I assume is that. When they say donors, I would just assume as sponsors because that's how race car drivers uh, in NASCAR have their sponsors on their uh, on their uniforms. Right. So but what you're saying, though, is that super PACs not necessarily connects with one, you know, big company or name. It, well, exactly. So right. what I'm saying is that there's two different issues here. There's a campaign which gets money. And the campaign can have logos all over their stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's then there's super PACs who get money. And most money comes through super PACs. And super PACs are not technically related to the campaign. And so a politician could say, all right, we're only going to take money from like Greenpeace and Mother Teresa. And then all <laughs> like, the logos on his suit will always be Greenpeace and Mother Teresa. And so it doesn't look bad. But meanwhile, what you don't see is the super PAC money and where all that's coming from. Mm -hmm. I find it's, it really it's... interesting that this gentleman Cox lists Donald Trump as one of the people that he looks up to with this. Um, and I think it's going to be really a lot more interesting when we get a lot more names um, off of the this list of people in the Panama Papers uh, leak that we'll be talking about in After Dark today. But if Donald Trump comes up there, I wonder how this gentleman would react to that. I think this gentleman really could not give a shit regardless because he's asking both Trump and Sanders. I think that he's really trying to get their endorsement because both of them are very uh, 
pro I mean v- very well known right now. They're very ahead mm-hmm. in the spotlight and they are they both do kind of have a similar uh attitude towards what he is trying to uh accomplish. I I think this is cool, but is this going to go anywhere? Like is this could this actually happen? It seems like um this would get blocked when these politicians see it coming and are like, "Oh hell no, I'm not making it clear who supports me." Um, and this also kind of reminds me of a guy on Twitter, some reporter, I can't remember a few weeks ago when everybody, or a few months ago when everybody was tweeting their thoughts and prayers for San Bernardino, that shooting, um, he would retweet each of these politicians and then reveal the amount of money they were getting from the NRA. In other words, suggesting that these politicians were just tweeting thoughts and prayers and moving on because the gun lobby is holding a gun to their head, so to speak, to, um, you know, not not bring guns into the debate. So, yeah, well, and Matt kind of alluded to this as well when he let us into the story. But um, also the idea that most people, when they make contributions to a campaign, they do it as themselves and not as representatives of whatever sector they work in. So this has been something that kind of blew up last week between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. There was video of. Hillary Clinton yelling at, I think it was Greenpeace, she was a Greenpeace activist, mm-hmm. um, saying that according to the Sanders campaign, she's taken all of this money from the oil companies, when in fact a lot of her contributions have actually come from lobbyists who lobby on behalf of oil companies, but also on behalf of a, no- a, a number of other interests. So it's not really the same thing. And I'm not stating that I, I'm not trying to defend her. It's not really about that. It's more about how do you define it? Yeah, exactly. Like uh, how do you, yeah, exactly. You, you can't, you can't associate what one person does based off of uh, some of the companies that they do work for. I mean, it, yes, but you, but you don't say that that particular person is the company that so-and-so oil company is contributing to this uh this candidate because one of the people that work for them gave them money right so for an example i laura t have made personal contributions to the clinton campaign does that then mean that millennial is a supporter of the clinton campaign no but people would (laughs) say you're biased af well that's that's fine they can say that about me but could somebody really go then to any politician, not just Hillary Clinton, but any politician and be like, one of the hosts of Millennial contributed to your campaign, therefore they are in your corner? No. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's fair. I, I see your point. You, you're just too scared <laughs> to argue with her, aren't no, you? No, 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 no. I, agree. I do agree. I'm used, I'm used to it. I get it's it. Fine. All right, are we ready to move on to the next story? Sure. Mm-hmm. I think this is just going to dovetail beautifully. This is a clusterfuck 2016 story. So some of you might remember us talking about Ted the Ratfucker Cruz on last week's show, who is facing allegations of having had several affairs, some of them with prostitutes. Well, this shit is really hitting the fan for Teddy and a number of other political elites and professionals. Um, Deborah Palfrey, who ran a service called the DC Madam, which was a call service, uh, a call girl service directed 
at Washington, D.C.'s elite until it was shut down in 2006 and Ms. Palfrey was arrested. Um, she did sadly commit suicide shortly thereafter, but her lawyer, Blair Sibley, has threatened to release data which would implicate 815 well-known people on the D.C. circuit if the Supreme Court won't hear his case to have a 2007 gag order overturned. This gag order is what prevents him from exposing any of the service's clientele. In addition, Sibley has stated that he stored phone logs and other incriminating information on four separate servers and that the information will automatically be emailed to journalists if he doesn't reset a countdown clock every 72 hours. He said, if I die, disappear, whatever, they'll be out. He also said that the information is pertinent to the 2016 election because, quote, people are currently casting votes in primaries and caucuses. So basically what he's telling us is that a number of people running for office currently could potentially be tied to the D.C. Madam Service. Now, today, some of the records have cropped up online. And as of recording this show, no headlines have broken about tying the phone records to anyone in particular, but it's really only going to be a matter of time. So I wanted to ask you guys, how do you feel about details relating to people's sex lives, details which presumably are not pertinent to a person's ability to effectively do their job? How do you feel about those details being leaked like this? Uh, it's tough. I, I, I think it should be private um, in most cases. But also, if you're serving the public, n- not not that that necessarily means that the information should be released, but I think people may have the right to know if you're doing something that would be perceived as wrong i i i think if it was something illegal that he was doing then perhaps but if it's something that is just a like morally different than myself but it's a person like it's a very personal thing that this individual does but not necessarily illegal or pertains to his or her career, then no, I don't think it should be public knowledge. Well, Well, I mean, this is an escort service we're talking about. So they're effectively calling and using prostitutes. Yeah. Technically, prostitution is illegal. Technically. Yeah. Not even technically. It just is. No, technically. (laughs) I I don't, I don't know. I have, um, yeah, but then there's escorts and then, then there's that gray area with escort services. Yeah. Is there is there really well, any gray area? I don't know. I I don't like know. Raging fucking red and in your face. Um, I don't. Here's the thing: is I I do believe that this should be private information. The only ones who should really have any right to give a shit about this are the spouses and the families. I, I'm really not interested in these sort of details. Genuinely, like I'm really not, and I think it's mm-hmm. it's just such it's setting such a low bar for ourselves that this is what we go to. We're trying to decide serious leaders for serious problems, and this is what makes this is what makes news, and this is what we choose to care about. Just seems really asinine to me. That being said, the the one angle that I do think is a little legitimate. Is if somebody is running as a strict family values candidate and they're out there judging other people for, for instance, being gay or, um, 
you know, of sex outside of marriage or having an abortion, etc. But then they themselves are violating those very same values, then I can understand like why the hypocrisy argument is relevant. Um, outside of that, it's it's really just nonsense. Yeah, I mm-hmm. obviously don't feel very sorry for Ted Cruz. I do feel sorry for his family. Um, but I ultimately think that he's shitty enough not to be elected based on the lack of merit in his campaign and his experience. So I don't really think we need this. Um, but we are going to talk a little bit more about it in After Dark. We're going to talk about the ethics of leaking personal information related to elected officials and when it's okay and when it's not. And we're also going to be using that as a way of dovetailing into our discussion about the Panama Papers. So stay tuned for that. By the way, I love that Sibley has this has this 72 hour countdown clock that they have to keep resetting to keep the stuff from being sent to the journalists. Yes, it's pretty. It is. No, because he came out and he he literally thinks people are going to try and kill him over this. And I don't think I don't think he's wrong. He's wrong. Yeah, I watch House of Cards. I, well, so that was my thing. When I saw this, when I was planning for this, I was like, holy shit, we live in House of Cards. Yeah. That's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you texted that to me and you were like, Elisa, House of Cards is real. And it's happening <laughs> it's in really your backyard. Real. Trump must love this, though, right? Because of all these stories came out about these politicians, potentially Cruz, I guess, um, that would be pretty disastrous. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Cruz is shitting his pants. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, he for is. Multiple reasons. I mean, there's just an anal aneurysm going all over the place in the Cruz campaign. Not only does he have this breathing down his neck, but fucking Kasich won't drop out. So he's splitting the vote. Cruz looks like he's about to blow a casket. Every time he's on television, I sit there with popcorn and just watch contently. <laughs> it's amazing. Anyway. Um, let's, let's move on to something else. So (laughs) no, the Supreme court, the Supreme court actually made a unanimous decision this week and it's pertaining to voter, voter laws and gerrymandering. But I want to explain the background before I I explain the decision, because it's a little confusing. The constitution says that when we draw a congressional district, it must be done by population. And of course, the traditional interpretation of that is one person, one vote. So if there is a district with a thousand people, then they say, okay, this should be cut into two districts and 500 on one side, 500 on the other, and they each get one representative. However, Um, voters in Texas brought a case against the state of Texas saying they don't like that. They actually think one vote or I'm sorry, one person, one vote is unconstitutional and wrong because many of those people, yes, they count as people, of course, but they're not voters. And so let's say you have that exact same district again, a thousand people. But now let's also say that only 200 of them are voters. The rest are under age 18, or maybe they're undocumented immigrants, or maybe they're ex-felons who don't have the right to vote anymore. So 200, only 200 of the thousand can actually vote. Why is it that all the others count? Why do they get to count? So they brought this suit and argued it shouldn't be one person, one vote. It should be one voter, one vote. Um, The Supreme Court, however ardently disagreed, unanimously disagreed, and they upheld the one person, one vote 
statute and notorious RBG <laughs> said that, quote, non-voters have an important stake in many policy debates. Children, their parents, even their grandparents, for example, have a stake in strong public education system and in receiving constituent services such as help navigating public benefits. So her point was just because you're a non-voter and you're not eligible doesn't mean that you aren't part of the democratic process, doesn't mean that you don't still have a stake in it, and that's why it was upheld. Um, I'm glad that it was upheld. I, I, I agree with the court ultimately, but I do see why this might be a little bit of a gray area for some people. What do you guys think about it? I think that we need to, um, we need Notorious RBG to split her soul into seven pieces so that she can be immortal <laughs> because we need her. I 100% agree with the court's decision on this. Um, because what they're doing is by, by changing it to being one voter, one vote, they are really negatively affecting Asian, Black, and Hispanic communities in the state of Texas. And why is that? Can you explain that a little bit? So basically, if you're looking at, at the breakdown of the districts, you're going to see that more of the people who are able to vote, who, you know, they're, they're documented people, they're able to vote in Texas tend to be of a certain demographic. And people of minority backgrounds make up much smaller percentages percentages of those populations. Mm. So then what you're saying is, well, it's one person, one voter, one vote. But then if you look at the way people vote based on their demographics, you're not giving people of a certain demographic as much representation mm. <laughs> as you are to white people, effectively. I was trying to say that without it no, oh, you should yeah, be, say. No, you should man. just say what's man. Come on, be real with us, okay? Come on. Well, I think I I agree with you, Laura. That I I agree with that assessment, and I agree with the court. But to play devil's advocate a little bit, I think the flip side to it, what what they were arguing was that if you have two districts, both with a thousand people in them, one district has only fifty eligible voters, and the other district has nine hundred eligible voters then the district with only 50 eligible voters has a lot more power. Those 50 people uh, effectively hold a multitude of votes. They're only one person, but they're effectively getting like 10 votes because their vote counts so much more proportionally because everyone else in their district isn't an eligible voter. So that was the argument that the way it's laid out now is unfair because it's giving some people in certain districts way more power than, yeah, than others. It sets a tier, though. That doesn't seem very democratic by definition. That seems yeah, it, what, what it sounds like is people are people are some people are more important than others. I don't think so. I the way that I look at it is this argument of saying one voter, one vote. That's assuming that the only people who matter are people who can vote. Right. So By... you're allowing people, you're allowing the people who can vote to make decisions for people who literally get no say. Right. Well, I, again, I agree. I think, no, never mind. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth it. I was just going to say, I think, I think what they were arguing is that they, yeah, they, they have no say either way. 
because they're not eligible to vote. So what difference does it make? At least this way we can level the playing field. But I don't think it's true that they have no say. I think they have no say if you're giving a, a disproportional preference to primarily white communities. But I think that if you're if you're treating it like one person, one vote, then even if you're somebody who is not eligible to vote for whatever reason, you can still work in your community with people who can vote to make sure that you're getting your interests represented. But even the people that aren't eligible to vote, they aren't eligible because of some of the technicalities and, uh, you know, systematic, systematically uh, done to, to make these certain individuals not eligible to vote. So, well, I mean, the the individuals that it's talking about are primarily undocumented persons and felons. Well, I mean, what is the most minimal? Do you, do you know, like, what technically is the most minimal offense that someone can be a felon for? Oh, I mean, you can be a felon, depending on the state that you're in, you can be a felon for marijuana possession. Yeah, and then you can't vote. Like, that's... No, that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. But you- I think that the the main population of people that this seemed to have been targeting were undocumented persons, primarily living in South Texas. Well, in either case, the court certainly, I mean, again, this was unanimous. I don't think it gets much more clear than no. that. So, <laughs> I mean, fucking hallelujah. This is the first time I've seen like, actual consensus for a long time. Yeah, I know. It's, um, it's pretty good. I have to pinch pretty myself. Great. Actually, am I mm. sleeping? We're living in a post scolia world. That's, that's, <laughs> that's yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh, would he have? Would he have? Uh... I was gonna comment, and I decided not to. You I decided... want to speak ill the dad. So, so what you're saying is he he would have broken this unanimous vote. I'm not he would saying have broken shit. the seal. <laughs> I'm saying shit here. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to two. two... <laughs> So we decided that we're shaking this up, right? Yes. Okay. We, we decided to play. We're, we're deciding to play this week. Two lies, one truth. Instead oh, of two, you motherfuckers! Two you changed truths, it again. One lie. Wait, uh, what? Yeah, you heard me. You talked about this during hashing it out. No, and then you guys changed it back. Here. You changed it back, and now no, but you were on. No, you were on when we changed it to this. No, and then you guys changed it back to the original idea. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> suck. Just explain to me what the fuck is going on. How many, how much do I have to lie here? Okay, so, so have- Laura and Andrew don't have enough interesting things. So they're so apparently we're gonna do two lies, one truth. How about okay, Matt? Are you prepared with two truths, one lie? Yeah. Okay. But so let's me- let's play it. However, each of us has it prepared. Oh my so god. So Matt and Lisa can do two truths, one lie. Laura and I can do two lies, one truth. <laughs> so. Laura, you go first. You're going to give us two lies and one truth, and we have to guess which one is the truth. Okay. So my first one is, I once flew domestically with an illegal substance on my person. (laughs) On my person. Yes, I uh, had it in my bag and forgot it was there, and then (laughs) went to the airport and got on a plane and uh, the TSA didn't find it. So that's good. Um, then there was the time that I accidentally... They're going to kill me. I accidentally got my family high. <laughs> and I made some edibles at home. And they ate them not knowing what they were. Uh-huh. Um, 
And then one time I pretended to not speak Spanish once um, when I was caught indulging in a certain illegal substance by the Costa Rican police. And I pretended. Yeah, well, I pretended I pretended not to understand what they were saying to me <laughs> because I, I was like, I don't want to go to jail. You don't want to go to well, jail. No such... Espanol. <laughs> I was like, no, the guys were talking to me and I was like, um, no, no entiendo. I, um, I, Estados Unidos. And they were just like, oh, for fuck's sake. So they just, they left me alone. <laughs> but yeah, so that's mine. Mm. What was the first one again? I she once, was... I once flew domestically with an illegal substance on my person. That, that one. You're, you're too, you're too, you're too goody two shoes to, to do that. I... Wait. You think, what do you think? It's the truth or the I think lie? That's, I think that's a lie. But I thought I, we were playing no, we, two I know, I know. Okay. I'm working through it. Okay. 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 Um, no, you were right. I, I I was playing it like like there was one lie. But that one is a lie. The other lie is the last one. Mm-hmm. The true one is you accidentally got your parents high. Okay. High. I actually completely agree with that. I was going to say the same thing. Fuck. Okay. Are we right? Final answer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the real answer is that I once pretended to not speak Spanish when I was caught smoking yeah. weed by the Costa Rican Bitch. police. Wow, you you are uh, you're street smart. Yeah. <laughs> I got pretty good at it, you know. And street smart. Hmm. How did you how did you how did you pretend to not speak Spanish? Were you just like the way oh, that I wow. the way that I described when I gave the answer, I was just like, "No, entiendo." Um, oh my god, I love this country. Como se dice American? <laughs> yeah, como se dice American? I like how in in your lie about getting your family high, you were like, "Oh my god, they're gonna kill me for for telling this." <laughs> I know. I I thought it was a really good uh, you're a good actress distractor. I am really good. I was fooled. <laughs> all right matt yeah. so why don't you give us your two truths one lie and we'll figure okay. out which one is the lie oh, okay i'm not gonna give you guys a story because i feel like i would fuck it up so badly so i'm just gonna say it all right so two truths one lie for me okay one i have been proposed marriage to <laughs> i have peed on a rattlesnake i have walked out on a $200 bill and you have to guess them. Uh, I bet walking out on $200 bill is is a truth. I think so too because I've done that with you. Oh, (laughs) you did? (laughs) Well, no, it wasn't a $200 bill. It was that time that we got... It wasn't so much the bill. We paid the bill. It was the time that we had super shitty service at that place and they included the gratuity and we were like, LOL, now. (laughs) um somebody proposed marriage to you hmm i i don't know (laughs) anybody really proposed marriage to you i i'm gonna say that one uh i that one's the truth like you were at some like crack house and somebody didn't marry you for some reason wait what was the second one again that uh i i walked out on a 200 hundred dollar bill and i peed on a rattlesnake Oh, I think the lie is that you peed on a rattlesnake. Why would yeah, you do that? That's such a weird thing. I, I, I hope it's the truth because what kind of 
bizarre thought process brought you to lie about that? <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the 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 uh, proposal is a lie. I, I'm saying the rattlesnake's a lie. Yeah, I think the rattlesnake too. Final answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. The lie was um, I have never been proposed marriage to. <laughs> Represent. <laughs> so why did you peel on a rattlesnake? That's what we all want to know. Okay. Was it alive? No. It, yeah, it was alive. Yeah, and my reason it was, I, it was just there. It's not a fucking answer. I didn't say it had to be. It was a smart answer. I'm not explaining myself. I was, I was a young teenager. I was, I, I grew up in a desert, and I was walking around, saw a rattlesnake on a rock and i just had to pee so i just peed on it it wasn't happy like it started to like flip out and then i started running but i mean i did do it so you're fired matt what <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> fucking fired just just go all right i'm gonna do mine this is we're moving the fuck on from this this is this is also two truths one lie so one when I was a sophomore in high school, I walked in on my gym teacher masturbating in the locker room. Oh and God. I was so I was so shocked and didn't know I didn't know first I didn't know what was happening, but then I was didn't know what to say. So I tried to say, I'm sorry, it's okay, it's okay. But as I'm backing out, I like stumble over my words and it comes out, it's gay, it's gay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and we never, never spoke of it again. Number two, when I got my very first period, I was for some reason, um, so embarrassed. Uh, I didn't tell anybody about it for three months. So to keep it a secret, you know, I, I couldn't buy pads or tampons myself and I didn't want to ask my mom cause I wanted to keep it a secret for some reason. So I made my own makeshift pads with just balling up toilet paper for my first three periods and it was very uncomfortable number three in college i lied to my professor about forgetting an essay in my dorm i told him i just had to like shoot back and get it really fast i ran back to my dorm and i wrote the entire three page essay in exactly 12 minutes printed it out ran back and handed it in he never knew (laughs) <laughs> which one which one is the lie I'm, I'm gonna, i think I'm, i pray it's the toilet paper one i think the essay is a lie i think the essay too that that seems below you to do that well no it doesn't <laughs> not at all i just i just don't think she did it <laughs> i just don't all think right. she's capable of it no she is i just don't think she's i don't i don't think she's bothered put it that way that's final answers okay uh, the lie was actually the very first one about the gym teacher. Oh, I was so hoping oh, that would be true. I was hoping it was true. I wanted to hear more about it. <laughs> that'd be it's, like... It's gay. It's that'd, gay. That'd be like the start of a porno. You That's why she's thing. saying it's gay. It's gay. It's a <laughs> yeah. gay porno. No, sadly not. Sadly, I did, in fact, just ball up toilet paper the first three months when I was, like, 12. Can, wow. could it, can't you get, like, in infections from that well i didn't stick it in anything i just lined my underwear with it you know what i mean 
No, I don't know what you mean. Okay. Lauren it was, is. It, yeah, it would be like if she had a pad, except not. <laughs> Move on. Andrew, what do you have for us? Okay. We've well, all my, done it, Elisa. My don't worry. stories aren't very elaborate. Very simple. And this is this is um two lies, one truth. So only one of these is true. Uh <laughs> This is a you're gonna think less of me themed. So, which one of these is true? I stole a Keurig. Number two, I stole a car, but only temporarily. (laughs) And number three, I committed a hit and run on a puppy. (laughs) Oh my god! If that's the one, I'm gonna fucking kill you. (laughs) Show over. You're fired too. Um, that can't, that can't be I know. True. I can't stop thinking <laughs> no. about it. No. I think there is no I fucking way. Is that you stole a Keurig? You think I stole a Keurig machine? Oh no! Wait, wait, wait! I have to pick the truth. Shit! Yeah, I think I think, I, is... I think you stole a Keurig. I think you hit a fucking puppy, Andrew. <laughs> and mm. Matt, I'm gonna say, like a Keurig machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the full thing. Uh, I'm going to say Keurig. Matt and Laura right. I stole a Keurig machine. It was, it was, uh, I, I went shopping for a Keurig machine in a store. I'm purposely not going to name which. And I was like, I saw this on Amazon for cheaper. Can I get it for the cheaper price? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. But you have to take it over there. She takes the security bands off of it. Even though she didn't ring it up, so so I could bring it over to another part of the store, and I'm looking at it like, hmm, she just took the security stuff off of it. I could walk out of here right now with, without paying for this thing, so I did. And uh, that is the widest no thing I've you. ever heard. I know, but I gotta be honest. If I did hit and run on a puppy, I mean, what would what would I uh, like? You know, maybe I did it by accident, and I got to be honest, I probably wouldn't go searching for the no. owner. No, you I are, know. You no, are. I know. You fucking no, you stop, are. and you put that puppy in the car, and you take it to the vet. Oh, that's what you do. <laughs> yes, that's what you do. I, you I are in. It. You are incapable of keeping that to yourself, too. That kind of instance, oh, yeah. you would tell everybody oh, no, you no. would tweet the fuck out of that no, story. I, wouldn't. Yes, I would, would definitely talk about it here on millennial like the a year snapchat, later but yeah. the snapchat this dead dog yeah with the temperature <laughs> oh, filter no, andrew please I, tell me what? that you would take the dog i'm gonna cry if you tell me you all right i'll take the dog really? what if it was I dead fucking knew it i knew i i think i won this game just because i knew that andrew would do that <laughs> Just because it wasn't true doesn't mean that it won't be true. Right. I mean, for the record, I wouldn't hit one on purpose, but if an accident happened, I don't think I would tell anybody about it until a year later on the show. So that's another truth for you all. <laughs> all right. Well, there are going to be some really disturbing truths in your future, Andrew. Okay. <laughs> You're going to hit just, and run on me. Yeah, that's right. Oh, well, it was an accident. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> So we're going to go ahead and move on to this week's Wait But Why, which is brought to you by Americans are a greedy bunch of bastards. Can I play the the theme song real quick? Oh, shit. Yes. Why? 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 
I only remembered that because as soon as you said wait but why, I just heard the wailing in my head. Yeah. Well I got I got so accustomed to you not playing this as segment intros that I just went with Wow, you. fuck you. <laughs> we only have three and we didn't do quick fire news today. No, I know. It's really confusing for you. Yes, God, you guys suck. <laughs> So anyway, this topic originated in our Facebook group when one of our listeners, Kelly Fulton, brought to our attention the fact that while 90% of Americans support organ donation, only 30% of us are actually organ donors. Hmm. First question, are we all organ donors? Oh, I need to I, yes. I am. I am. Yes, of course. You know what? I actually, I mean, it's funny because I signed up online and... When you sign up online, you don't get a sticker mailed to you or anything. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't hate get to that break piece. it to you. I'm not sure that was legit. I think you just <laughs> gave your liver away no. on the black market. Oh, wait a minute. That's, oh my God, wait. I didn't get a response email. Well, no. So, so when you agree to be an organ donor, it appears on your ID, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, if you get it done on the, uh, but no, I'm telling you, like I, I did it on the DMV website, and if you do it online, you don't need to get a sticker because it's in the system. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm telling you. So, so my <laughs> feeling is that if you're dead, you, your body may as well continue to do something good. So yeah, you should be an organ donor. But I can also understand why people don't feel that their body should be chopped up. And used in other people's bodies. I think people just don't want to ever have that conversation about the fact that they're going to be dead at some point. Yeah, yeah, that too. I don't understand why anybody wouldn't be an organ donor. Because honestly. you don't want your body chopped up. No, well, what like, are you doing with it? You want yeah, and they're not, and they're not chopping your body up. <laughs> they're not. They're, it's not like fucking Frankenstein's workshop in there. <laughs> They're not piecing together a bunch of new people out of parts of other dead people. Like they even if you wanted like an open casket funeral after you have donated your organs, you can still look presentable enough to be shown in a casket if that is your desire. Mm. So I just I don't get it. I do want to say just a little information for the people at home. If you do want to become an organ donor, here's what you have to do. First, check a box of the DMV. And then that's it. You did it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that's all you have to do. Well, just do, go ahead. Do you think the low percentage of people who are actually organ donors, they maybe maybe they just when push comes to shove, they can't bear to actually agree to that. Maybe that's the problem. I honestly don't see a, any reasonable and re, any reasonable reason why they would not be an organ donor. Well, I think something that might be affecting it as well is I learned through our Facebook group, because we have quite a few international listeners in there, is that some countries don't treat being an organ donor as an opt-in process. They actually treat it as an opt-out. So when you go to get your license or whatever your legal form of ID is, you're automatically an organ donor unless you decide to opt out. And that seems to be the difference because percentages of organ donors in other countries tend to be significantly higher than they are here. So some people think that it's the fact that we have an opt-in service. Um, but the thing is, I think part of it is that we just don't hear a whole lot about lives being saved through organ donation. I mean, yeah. we nobody thinks about the fact that like the five-year survival rate for donation recipients is so high. I mean, for most types of organs, 
the five-year survival rate is in the 70 to 80 percent range. And that's huge. I mean, think about the fact that even if that person doesn't live past five years, your donation gives them another five years of life, another five years to be with their families. Yeah. See, and if you've got if you've got a healthy heart or a healthy liver, why wouldn't you want to give that to somebody? Maybe there's just a lack of awareness about the process and the positive effects it has on other people. Yeah, I think I think Andrew's a little right on that because up until maybe a year ago, I had to get my 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 license uh, renewed. Well, not really renewed. I lost it, but I had to get a new one. But I totally skipped the whole uh, organ donor uh, check mark because. You know, it's just it's 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 such a slight part of the uh, of the registration that I totally just just missed it. And I just until maybe a few months ago realized that I wasn't an organ donor anymore. You know, I think there's part of it, too. I think people get a little bit conspiracy theorist on this. I had a lady one time tell me that if you're an organ donor, the government will hunt you down and kill you to harvest your organs and that doctors won't try as hard to save you. If you're an organ donor, oh, wow. um, which is completely untrue. Doctors actually don't know if you're an organ donor until after you've died. They don't check until you're dead. So they're going to try their hardest to save you while you're still alive. Um, and just the idea of the government coming after you for your organs is very silly. I feel like I feel like if you're going to accept that kind of paranoid thinking, then you've kind of like checked out from the real world. And you should probably just stop talking. Yeah. Um, but like every day we have 79 people who are saved by receiving organ transplant. But we also have 22 people who die every day waiting for an organ that never comes. Mm. I would think about I think about I would think about the fact that someday one of those 22 people could be in your family. So mm-hmm. take it, take it seriously. Someday could, you could be, could be you or could be you for sure. Yeah. I mean, someday you could be in that position of like desperately praying for an organ. And then what are you going to do? Look at yourself and be like, well, you know, kind of hypocritical. Yeah. So just do it. It's a fucking box. Jesus. Get over it. And I mean, get over yourself. One, another reason that a lot of people give as justification is religion. There's, there seems to be this pervasive belief that, several major religions prohibit the the donation of organs. But according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, that's not true. In fact, most major religions either don't have a position on it at all and leave it up to the individual or actually view organ donation as a final act of sacrifice. Hmm. So See? I wanted to say that because I figured somebody was going to some somebody was going to come out of this and be like, yeah, but some people can't because of their religions. You're so well, then that's fucking lame. <laughs> then that's stupid. Yeah, well, I think then- it's I think it's even worse if people have been led to believe because I'm sure I'm sure some of that ignorance stems from from people within religious communities who are in positions of power being uninformed about it. But like. I think it's really sad if there are people who otherwise would be organ donors aren't because they've been convinced that their religion won't let them do it. And that doesn't seem to be true. Um, It's really sad. It is when you especially when you know someone who's actually on a donor list waiting for a donor. But it takes so long because the the pool of of the list of donors are just so small. 
Yeah. I wanted to touch on something that Andrew brought up at the very beginning, which is that so many people seem to find it really freaky for their organs to be harvested. And that's really what I want to get to the bottom to. Like, of like, why? Why do we care? Because it's your body that's being that's be I'll stop you using chopped up, but your 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 body is being harvested for crops. But <laughs> that's you're a not hard for thing. Crops. No, you're yeah. growing soybean. That's What's a, the heck? It's yeah. a hard thing for people to wrap their head around. Well, I, well I don't. Yeah, don't get wrap over, your head around it. You're gonna get, be dead. Get over yourself. The world did. <laughs> but I mean, but you're I not. Do, I do You're think not there's taking it anywhere. I do think there's something beautiful about your your parts being used in a, in another person. Um, your parts were not automobiles. Well, okay, yeah. your heart. Oh, sorry, there's a your recall. organ. I know what you mean. Your or so. Um, I I think you see like these documentaries every once in a while, or like these movies where somebody gets a heart, and then the mother of the deceased listens to the deceased person's heart their, their yeah. son's heart in the new body and like they start to cry and stuff like that's always that's always beautiful so i think everybody should do it for that reason just that reason let your loved ones be able to hear your heart beating in somebody some hummingbird else. heartbeats but i wonder so only 30 percent of americans are organ donors mm-hmm. how much higher would this percentage have to be for zero people to die Every day waiting for an organ. It seems like it, it would only have to, what, double maybe to like 60%? Well, that would certainly be helpful. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think that anybody would be turning their nose at those kinds of numbers. But I mean, just imagine if we had a 90% rate of people signed up as organ donors. This number would be really small, if not zero. Yeah. I think also you want to specify that like 90% of people who are eligible to donate their organs. Well, what do you mean by eligible? Well, there's people who, I mean, who don't have a very healthy system. So here's here's the thing, though, about that. A lot of people actually think, well, I've been sick or I've abused my body, therefore I can't be an organ donor. You actually shouldn't make that call because we are not medical professionals. So... As non-medical professionals, we have no Mm -hmm. idea what's usable and what's not, particularly in people who have done damage to some of their other bodily organs. Things like the corneas are still usable. So I think everybody should sign up because there could be something of yours that can be used to save a life. And if you're dead, yeah, if you're dead, it doesn't matter either way. It's it's very much like the Red Cross. They're not just going to take some blood and then not test it before they put it in somebody. You mean like a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Or a gay person. It's gay! (laughs) But yeah, long story short, if you are not already an organ donor in the United States, it's very easy for you to become one. Contact your DMV and find out how you can register. If your license is not up for renewal soon, there's usually a separate process. um, And apparently they don't always send you a sticker, so... Well, that was they don't. Thank you. They don't. <laughs> Maybe our next round of stickers sh- should say "I'm a donor," an organ donor, as yeah. a subtitle. Oh man, God, that's really sad. Are you vaccinated? We'll actually, do it just so they can get a fucking Laura, stick. When are you sending me my millennial stickers? I wanted to leave them on the Grand Canyon. Well, when I can send your shirts. Oh, okay. I'm not paying to send you two packages. Oh, but I'm gonna put them in cool places. 
Well, you'll go back there soon, okay. I'm sure. Yeah, you're there, sure. like you're you're all over the place, Andrew. It's true. Okay, so to wrap up today's show, I just want to remind everybody that it is that time of the month. It is time for oh, bring two, out the toilet paper. Two dollar <laughs> patrons to receive access to this week's After Dark and hashing it out. Uh, the first week of every month, the people pledging two dollars receive those two pieces of bonus content. So, um, thank you everybody for supporting us, no matter what level you're supporting at. Here's a clip from today's episode of After Dark. Now, I will say this, however, that what really got Clinton into trouble was was perjury, was him lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, te- on, on, technically, let's be clear that they were going to hang him to the cross for Lewinsky, but. From a legal standpoint, what got him in trouble was perjury. But Lewinsky, no, I, I like why, why, why? Do, is is there anyone serious that thinks that that was legit? Um. Well, I think Newt Gingrich thinks that he's pretty serious. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, but the reason that I ask is, of course, because a lot of people still point to the Monica Lewinsky incident as being indicative of the fact that Bill Clinton was not a trustworthy person. <laughs> And one quick reminder, now that we are doing our movie commentary, we are looking to our next milestone. And that one, um, once we reach that one, one episode of After Dark will be streamed live on Google Hangout each month. And listeners will be able to tune in and participate in our conversation. So that'll be fun doing a little live show every month. And we're only I don't know how I feel about this. Why? Do you you need... Because you're going to be on cam? Well, I just feel like... We were we usually record at least one episode a month in the nude, and now we're not going to be able to. Oh, no, oh my you god! Why not? I didn't even think <laughs> about that. Why not? <laughs> like, oh, I'm still going naked, but I just don't like because I'm picking my feet all the time when I'm recording. <laughs> oh, well, I've seen you do that. People, a lot to look forward to. <laughs> Oh, God. Let's let's end this now. We're about $250 (laughs) away from hitting that milestone. So thank you, everybody, for your support. And we hope you're enjoying all of our bonus features. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash millennial show and facebook.com slash millennial show. And, of course, our website is millennialshow.com. Our outro music today. What is our outro song? I think you should just play it. But this is for you, Andrew. It's for me. Okay. It's for you. Great. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? (laughs) You always have such fun suggestions. I try. <laughs> I searched Spotify for organ donor and couldn't find anything. <laughs> I, I did that first too. <laughs> Thank you, Spotify. <laughs>